0: Welcome to Life Camera Action, a lifestyle podcast for filmmakers, writers, and other creatives. I'm your host, Victoria Rook, filmmaker and brand architect, and over the last several years, I've been helping creative entrepreneurs discover their brand voice, design their brand experience, and develop the ultimate creative lifestyle that allows them to live into their passions. Life Camera Action is all about empowering you with best business practices, industry tips, and creative mindsets so that you can accelerate your success in your craft. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how to direct business shoots. What does it entail? How do you work differently with an entrepreneur instead of an actor? And ultimately, what can you do to create a safe and productive atmosphere on set? So if you want a life filled with success, creativity, and professionally directed business shoots, then stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome to Life Camera Action. Over the last few weeks, we've discussed everything from determining your objectives through a video strategy sheet, how to prepare for your business shoot such as creating schedules, securing locations and packing equipment. Then last week we discussed how to stylize a business shoot, meaning getting your client prepped in the makeup chair. To get these handouts and notes for each of these episodes, you can download them at no charge on victoriarook.com. So at this point, you've done everything you need to do in order to set you and your client up for success within the business shoot. Now you're officially ready to begin production and direct an incredible piece of content. I'm so excited to share this part with you because this is truly what I'm very passionate about within the filmmaking world. I love directing. I love working with people. I love bringing the scripts to life. So I'm really excited to walk you through my process in how I direct business shoots. So I'm going to walk you through what a typical day of shooting looks like for me and identify how I approach things during production and what I watch out for as we are filming. In the morning, everyone gets to set and the crew and I start setting up equipment and I walk around to make sure everything looks secure. So as we're setting up the cameras and the lights and all of that, we make sure to tape down any sort of cords or tripping hazards, securing the lighting and other types of stands with sandbags or beanbags to give it that extra weight. So if somebody does bump it, it's not going to come tumbling down And when the client gets to set, we also double check to make sure any purses or backpacks that they bring with them are hung up and out of the way. I always triple check that everyone silences their cell phones and doesn't just put it on vibrate. Something that people forget a lot is if they set an alarm typically throughout the day for different reasons, that the silence mode doesn't always capture those. So make sure that it's not only silenced, but any alarms are either put on mute or disabled for the day. As soon as everything on set is ready to go, the equipment's set up, the lighting's good, we then gather as a team and run through the schedule for the day so that everyone has the opportunity to ask any sort of questions, make requests, notify the team of any sort of changes, just to seek out that clarity together while we're all in one space. If that looks good and everybody is clear on that, I then walk through the script for a final time with the client to make sure that if they have any last minute notes or changes or questions, that we cover those before we start shooting. After any sort of last minute questions are asked or any sort of notes get applied to the script, we then get them mic'd up. So in order to create a safe environment, I always ask permission to touch, remembering that. A lot of these entrepreneurs are not used to people handling them in such close quarters and that they're not actors. And so they're not used to people, you know, reaching down their shirt to throw a mic pack down or, you know, putting things in their belt loops or in their waistbands. So I try to be really considerate of that. And I'm a super safe person. So it's typically me that does it. However, if I do have someone else on crew that will be setting up the mics, I always make sure to ask the client first if they're comfortable with having the other person do so. And some people are perfectly comfortable with it. They don't have any issues. They understand that this is just business. There's nothing weird going on. And they are fine with having a crew member or myself set them up. Others will offer to do it for themselves. So if they're not super comfortable, they'll just offer to do it and run the mic through themselves. And I just make sure to let them know that either direction is good for us. You know, We want to make sure that they feel respected and safe on set and that there will be no issues if they choose to keep to themselves a little bit more and set that personal space boundary. After they are mic'd up, We then do a final check on the frame. So the client steps into frame. They're going to be either standing or sitting where they're going to be during the recording process. And we make sure that the lighting looks right on them, that their face is nice and lit up really well. Any props that need to be there are within reach or if there's any sort of product placement that needs to be there throughout the duration of the filming, that that's already in there or readily available. And then I make sure that everything looks good to the client because this is the first step to seeing really everything come together and i want to make sure that as they're looking at the set that it's really matching what they had envisioned or even better going beyond what they had envisioned so once we get that final sign off that everything within frame looks good they are comfortable with how everything is being presented i then have them sit down in their place and then i brief them on what my job is as the director i tell them that i'm there to help them be themselves and deliver great content This means at some points I might interrupt them and I might cut them off. And that's nothing to be discouraged by because we're playing home team here. So if my job is to make sure that the best of the best comes out of them, I need to make sure to cut them off if they're saying something wrong that changes the meaning of the script or if they're doing something that's not gonna be very flattering on camera. It's my job to make sure that they are represented as best as they can be in the final product. So there are lots of reasons that I might yell cut in the middle of a scene. And I just want to make sure that they're not discouraged by that. So in order to make sure that they're not discouraged, I try to be as transparent as I can possibly be with why I'm yelling cut. So if they say something wrong, I yell cut and then I tell them what the line actually is. In just a bit, I'm going to be listing off some other things that I watch for as I'm directing. And if I see any of those things occur on camera, I make sure to jump in and change the situation a bit. So sometimes it's that they're playing with their hair. So we pull out some bobby pins and we push their hair back because maybe that's a nervous tick that they have. So there's lots of things that I watch for. There are lots of reasons I might yell cut. And I just want to make sure at the end of the day that they know this is a judgment-free zone and that they get to just be there and express themselves. My job is to only make sure that they are giving us the best that they can give us. Then I tell them that we're going to do a practice run, but I am still recording. I just don't tell them. So I have them say their ABCs to test the mics and make sure that we're picking them up. I then hit record and I have them do a quick run through of the beginning of the script or the first section. This gives them the opportunity to get comfortable in front of the camera and get rid of any sort of last minute jitters that they have before they start recording. What's interesting though, is that a lot of times it will only take a couple minutes for them to start to feel comfortable if they think it's a practice round. The second I tell them that we're actually like we're recording for real, they freeze up and then we have to get them all comfortable all over again. So what I end up doing is I record, I hit record, I don't tell them. They say it a couple times, they get comfortable. Then we typically get a really solid take, but they just think it's practice. So that's why they're really comfortable because they don't think it's for real. So if I didn't hit record, I can run the risk of missing out on some really great piece of content. And then after they take a really great take, I always make the joke and say, awesome, that was really great. So I just got that and we can move on to the next section. And they always think it's really funny. It's a great icebreaker. It also is a way to show them like, hey, you've got this. You know, I know that you're feeling really nervous right now. It's not super comfortable in front of the camera, but you didn't even know we were recording and you did a really great first take on pretty much the first try. So, we can continue to infuse that type of energy and that great attitude into the rest of the scenes, into the rest of the takes, and have a really great end product. That's a technique that I learned just through experience with watching people do the practice rounds and seeing how much more comfortable they were going through the practice round before I actually announced that I was really recording. When I noticed how much they would freeze when they felt like, okay, the, the pressure's on, like now it's like go time. I saw the difference and I saw that shift and wanted to make sure that they knew like, hey, you just did a practice round and it was great. So now that I'm actually recording, just carry that on over. You're going to be fine. So then I found that if I started recording during the practice round, that made them so much more comfortable when they found out in hindsight that that's what I was doing. So it's something I do for all of my business shoots Um, worse comes to worse if it's not that great you can either just not use it or you can use it in a really fun blooper reel so I haven't really found a disadvantage to doing it this way and I've only found good things with it so that's what I continue to do then we officially begin to record as you're directing there are going to be some things that you're going to want to be aware of and know what to watch for These are going to be especially important if your client is not comfortable in front of the camera, as we've mentioned before. Nervous tics is one of the things that will pop up. So I'm about to list off the things that I watch for as I'm directing. Make sure they are smiling and that they are blinking. I shout smile in front of every take. I can absolutely make a whole montage video out of all the footage I have of me saying smile over and over and over again to my clients when they're in front of the camera. It's pretty hilarious because you can actually see them break out of their analytical side and center back into a place of joy and excitement. As business owners, it can be really easy for them to get stuck in their head and overanalyze what they're saying and why. And you can see that in their facial expression. So, being able to interrupt that and say smile or make a joke or something to get them back into their heart space is really helpful strategy. Not only does it make it more fun for the client to be enjoying this process, But it also creates a better video at the end because a viewer does not want to watch a video of someone who looks bored out of their mind. That's not going to create a good bond between your client and their client. You want to make an enjoyable end product all the way around for everybody. Sometimes you'll find that if someone's really intense and they're thinking about what they're saying, their eyes can kind of glaze over and then they won't end up blinking. And when they don't end up blinking, it can look not only really kind of creepy, but it's also a sign of aggression. So you want to make sure that they look friendly and approachable and comfortable in their environment and not creepy, stalkery, aggressive type of thing going on. I also tend to play therapist. So it's kind of a stretch, but after a section of takes, I really do ask them all these therapist like questions. How did you feel about the take? Is there anything that's missing from that explanation? Did that lesson create the experience you want to deliver to your clients? Typically, actors will ask to redo a take if needed, or they have the confidence to speak their mind about a project. So I want to create an atmosphere where non-actors feel just as confident about speaking their mind, even if they feel out of their element in front of the camera. These questions give them a space to judge their own performance and make sure it sits right with them with the end results in mind. Of course, being the director, I'm happy to take over. However, it does well for the project if the talent can visualize the potential of the product and is motivated to make it even better for themselves, not just being ordered to redo the take. I feel like giving them the opportunity to choose pulls out the best in them it also instills a sense of ownership and even further investment within the project. Because remember they can't see as you on the other side of the camera, they can't see what you see as the director or as a scriptwriter, And so being able to give them the opportunity to kind of put themselves in that mindset of, you know, how do I think that take went? like, could I have done that better? Gives them the option to take even further pride in their work. If you decide to use something like cue prompter for the script, make sure that they aren't reading directly from cue prompter. Make sure that they are just kind of glancing at it or scanning it really quickly, and that they're not sitting there focused on the words and reading them word for word, because typically the camera will track that eye movement depending on how far away the client is from the camera. So you'll not only notice that, but again, it also makes it so that they're so dependent on reading the script that we lose that energy and that emotion that would happen if they were authentically just expressing the meaning of the script instead of reading it word for word. If you do have a script where there are certain words or phrases that need to be said verbatim, maybe if there's a legal disclaimer in there or there is a health claim, you want to make sure that those things are said properly. Otherwise, you can run into trouble. I always keep a version of the script on my phone. So I don't have any sort of paper wrestling um, in the background. And either me or my assistant director will be specifically scouring the script to make sure that any of those words or phrases that need to be said exactly how they're written are done so properly. As I'm directing, I also try to find moments where they can improv and be expressive. I find these a lot when they're talking about their own personal mission within the business or their personal why, whatever made them decide to grow this business and start it in the first place. Typically, those stories are the things that give them life, and that's what gives life to the business. And so when they're going through those sections, I try to give them the opportunity to expand on that a little bit more or elaborate and get some extra bonus content, but also it it gives this energy that carries over into the rest of the scenes last minute as you're directing, you might find an opportunity for a really funny story to be put in there. So you can ask them a specific question that prompts them to share a funny story or to share a sad story or to share a really exciting story. And so trying to find those moments gives a more authentic and richer experience for them in front of the camera. And then also, of course, for the viewers in the end product. Sometimes you'll see your client get stuck in a certain section of the script and they begin to get really frustrated and possibly discouraged. When this happens, the first thing I do is take note of how long it's been since they've either eaten or hydrated. If it's been a long time and they just need some extra fuel to carry them through, I'll have them do a quick 10 minute break and typically they bounce right back. Sometimes it really is the section itself in the script that's difficult to get through. If that's the case, I have them move on and make a note to come back to record that section later or I'll even throw out the script altogether for that section. You'd be surprised at how things change when you get rid of the limitation of the script. It's really easy to get focused on what they think they are supposed to be saying or what they have been told that they should be saying. And if you find it more advantageous to just say, hey, you know what, you know the core part of the script as in what this section needs to be doing. So if they're talking about how their product works and it doesn't necessarily need to be verbatim to what the script says you just need to know that core message you know explaining what the benefits are and what the inner workings of the product are have them just ad lib it have them improv and just express it from whatever comes naturally for them i even do that with myself As I'm recording podcasts, if there's a section that for whatever reason I cannot get through and I just keep messing up the words or saying things in the wrong order, I just throw out the script. I stick with what I know the core message is supposed to be for that section, what I know at the end needs to be conveyed, and then I just go with it. And whatever comes natural as I'm explaining it is what I go with. This is why creating scripts with bullet points instead of listing out every word the way it should be said is more beneficial because it gives you that sort of flexibility. So if your client gets stuck in this position, see what you can change. Maybe it's just that you let them throw out the script and say whatever comes natural. Maybe you change the location of it and just get them to record that section outside or in front of a really pretty wall or sitting down in a chair in a different room. Even something as simple as a change in scenery can get your client out of their head and get you as a production right back on track. Constantly be watching for nervous ticks. This can be them twirling their hair, playing with their fingers, messing with a button or a bow on their skirt or on their shirt, playing and twisting with rings. Some people will like to spin their ring around their finger a whole bunch. Anything like that that you can see on camera, not only can it make noise, but it's also going to be really distracting for the viewer. So make sure to either take off those rings or to pull the hair back. Do whatever you can to get rid of those nervous ticks if they cannot help themselves. As you're watching for things in front of the camera, make sure that they're having fun. Even during breaks, we play music and make sure to keep up that energy. These are some of the experiences that business owners look back on and attribute to the scaling and the success of their company. So I want to make sure that they overall are enjoying the experience and that it's not just another task for them to mark off their list and you know, they're looking at just the end of the production day, being focused on just that, getting done, and then moving on to the next thing. I want them to be present and have fun and make these memories with us as a crew. You know, my crew and I are really passionate about filmmaking and creating these stories and bringing things to life. And we want to make sure that that passion is, is equally met with our client and that they're feeling just as good about everything that we're doing. And even through all of the hard work and the tough moments, that it's all worth it for them and that it truly is an experience that they can be proud of and that they look back on with really fond memories. One of my fun little psychological tricks that I do throughout shooting is I seed different questions that I call energy boosters. So I might ask them, you know, like, are you excited? Are you excited for today? You know, what are you looking forward to most? Later, as we're maybe getting closer to wrapping up the project, asking them what they hope to see as a result. If I know they have a really great support system at home, I might ask them, you know, what do you think so-and-so will think of this? You know, what do you think your spouse will think? And do you think that, you know, your grandchild will love this part because you mentioned them in there? And having those special moments where you and your client can not only create more of a trust and even more of a bond, but also Play into the emotions of why we're doing this in the first place. You know, what is that overarching legacy that they're trying to leave behind and making sure that that gets felt throughout the entirety of the production. Of course, make sure to play back sections of the video for them. So, not only are you going to make sure that you captured everything and, you know, on a technical level, there's a reason why you're playing back the video, but also share it with them. Share the experience of what you're seeing with them as well. There might be something that they are really excited by and that energizes them for the rest of the shoot. There also might be something that right away they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was doing this or I hate the way my hair is sitting. Can I fix that right now? So that that's not throughout the entire video production. It's good to get their feedback early on so that if there are any sort of changes like that, you're able to jump ahead of them. Make sure to save the footage immediately after the shoot. If you're able to, be switching out the memory cards as you're going along and start uploading them into Dropbox or an external hard drive so that there's already a secondary safekeeping place for them. If you're not doing that throughout the day or throughout the weekend, make sure that you save your footage immediately the last thing you want to happen is everybody tear down and something gets messed up or the SIM card gets lost or something like that. You just want to make sure that the second you can save that footage and start backing it up onto a secondary drive or secondary place is done so as soon as possible. And just a quick bonus tip, make sure to not delete any sort of excess footage. You can use those things in blooper reels or background videos. You'd be shocked at the ways that you can repurpose content that you're not actually using within a specific product. Maybe it's not a section of them teaching, and so it's not going to go into maybe the e-course that they're creating, but it's them getting ready and you and your crew micing them up and all of that, and you have that recorded for whatever reason. You can use that in background videos. You can use that in a trailer for yourself. There's lots of ways that you can use the video content. So make sure to be recording as much as you can. I know it takes up a lot of space, but it's so worth it because you can capture these types of moments and make sure that if there isn't anything that you're using immediately, that you don't get rid of that. You can always save it for future projects. At the end of the day, after everything is done, we wrap everything up, we celebrate, and we start doing the teardown process. So that's what a typical day looks like for us when we're doing a business shoot. It can be anywhere from two to three days. And what we'll do is we'll start not too early in the morning, typically seven or eight, and wrap things up right around dinner time. That will provide us a really full day full of production and also making sure that we're not burning out the client, especially if you are doing a multi-day shoot. It's really important to make sure that they can still go home, get nourished, get a good night's sleep and show up to set not completely wiped out and exhausted for the next day of shooting. As I've outlined my process a bit, you might be thinking to yourself that a lot of my process is being really overly sensitive to the client's feelings. And yeah, maybe. But I've studied this for years and have developed my process by having real experience in these situations. So I've observed how people respond and what encourages them and what discourages them. I've seen where people weren't as sensitive to the client's needs and how negative and discouraging that feels. Not only does it tarnish the relationship between that person and the client, But it also creates this really negative experience overall. It affects the rest of the project. And it's because of this awareness that I've developed a process that gets me amazing content every time. So I do focus on their feelings and comfort level a ton. And aside from directing, I feel like it's my job to create that love and support in the world and everything I do, including filmmaking. I know the world of filmmaking is viewed as this cutthroat business, and in some areas, it absolutely is. So I want to make sure that the sector of us who truly desire to create and express ourselves through this magnificent art and are not trying to cut other people down and trying to sacrifice our peers in the process are getting fully represented. I want to grow this culture of love and support for the art and for each other and create this network where people are supported and they are given encouragement rather than all these criticisms and given helpful critiques instead of being torn down. So yeah, my process is a lot more touchy-feely than what I think you would typically hear from other filmmakers. But that is what has led me to my current success and is what I fully believe will carry me on to my future success. So as you develop your own process, see what works for you and see what's going to be something that overarchingly you can be proud of. It doesn't need to match mine. It doesn't need to match the process of your peers and of your colleagues. The most important thing is that you develop a process that works for you and the world that you're trying to create. As we come to a close, I want to go over our remember research and challenge for the week. Remember. It is the job of the director to bring out the best in the client. They will be looking to you to guide them, encourage them, and ultimately direct them. So create that bond and trust early on in order to give them that permission to come out of their shell and express themselves fully. Research. How is your client feeling about the shoot? Check in with them before, during, and after the shoot to get a gauge on where you can show up for them. And challenge. Start developing your process. What allows you to be at your best? What works for you and your projects? Start developing and testing a process that brings you success in your projects and in your career. Thank you so much for tuning in. My goal for this podcast is that this gives you a clear outline into how to direct a business shoot and create an amazing and professional experience for you and your client. To stay connected, go ahead and like my Facebook page, Victoria Rook, and let me know how this helped you. If you have any questions or feedback, or if you'd like to talk further about me working one-on-one with you, then go ahead and message me there or schedule some time at victoriarook.com. And as always, as you build your empire, just remember, you can lead a life of fear or you can lead a life of love. So allow every decision you make to be made with love. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.